Well, as we have mentioned before, learning loss from the pandemic is very real. And in fact, studies show that kids are four to six months behind on reading and math skills. How to Survive Middle School is a new nonfiction series designed to help students in grades six through eight. And I have Elizabeth Fee, author of How to Survive Middle School World History, joining me now to talk about her book in the series and much more. Thank you so much for joining me today. Happy to be here. Now, um, first, how were middle grade students impacted academically by the pandemic? Oh, well, gosh, it's clear at my school. I, I'm the assistant principal at a pre-K to eight. And um, well, they were definitely impacted emotionally as I think most parents have um, been able to see really clearly. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because their social life was interrupted. Right. And at this age, they need their friends so, mm -hmm. so much um, mm -hmm. that it's, um, I guess I wanna say it's like caused a kind of imbalance in them, I think that they're having to relearn how to relate socially, and they were never so great at it to begin with. <laughs> I mean, you know, like it's a real learning curve for kids at this age. Right. Um, it's all about their social circle. So that is first and foremost. Um, but I know we're here to talk about academic growth. And, you know, there's just no question that we lost ground. We just did. You know, we, the research has shown us that you know, we all tried our best with remote learning, parents mm -hmm. tried, teachers tried, administrators were doing the best we could, but mm -hmm. you know, it really didn't work. It really mm -hmm. isn't the solution for mm -hmm. I would say any age kid. The younger yeah. you go, the harder it was. So, yeah. you know, I think they're, they're, they're behind in their confidence, mm -hmm. um, they're behind in their skills, and then they've got this added piece of even more trouble socially and emotionally, I have to say. I mean, they're resilient, they're doing okay, but it's, it is, it's a thing. Yes, and, and you are absolutely correct. Um, I have two children who are still in home who um, went through that situation with the pandemic. In fact, uh, my youngest child, he was in middle school. So he was in that age demographic from seventh grade going into eighth grade when the pandemic hit. And so it was you know, extremely difficult because not only did he move to a new school in seventh grade, but, you know, he was just taking that seventh grade year to get adjusted. And now eighth grade, the pandemic hits, you know, and oh. so he's out for the, exactly. And so, yeah, it did definitely, you know, take a toll in terms of um, having to, you know, figure out how to adjust, like you said, um, very much emotionally, um, very much socially, because, you know, can't be around your friends and, you know, even can't even be face to face with the teachers that you just met and you just, you know, got the hang of, of getting used to and, and um, the flow of school in and of itself when you're in middle school. So, yes, yeah, so I definitely understand um, where you're coming from with that, because we, we went through that in this household and it is very real like you said mm -hmm. now um you are a as you mentioned you are a school vice principal in new york city um first of all happy educators week to you uh, <laughs> you're, yeah. you're very welcome um and, and as you said you've seen the firsthand challenges that confront our students um tell us some resources that exist for students who are trying to get back on the right track academically well you know, I'm clearly here to to plug this book. Um, 
I'll start with some other resources. I mean, you know, there's a lot online. Mm -hmm. There's a lot online that's not helpful, in my view. Exactly. But there are things, there are YouTube channels, there are ways for kids to catch up in their favorite way, which is on a screen, right? Yes. Um, but I, you know, increasingly I think that paper sources are also going to be really important. Mm -hmm. And so um, our series is old fashioned paper books. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> there, there are five of them. And you know, they come in a set. Mm -hmm. um, they are, um, they're on English, they're on science, they're on math and American history. So we're calling these study guides, in the sense that they're not like textbooks in the way that we used to have textbooks. Mm -hmm. But um, they are um, highly illustrated. They're organized with charts and things like that. And throughout, they have prompts for kids to develop thinking skills. And that's the part I really loved doing as a teacher in writing this. The content was fascinating. I loved making it interesting for kids. But I know what's most important for kids is to have these ways that they become better learners yes. and more and more independent. So we, have, we call them survival tips or survival strategies in here mm -hmm. and that runs throughout the book these these icons that appear as they work their way through each volume um, to encourage them to stop and think yes absolutely and i'm glad that you mentioned that about video versus um good old-fashioned you know pen and paper or book because um my oldest is 28 and so back then, you know, there was no, you know, go to YouTube and, and find, a, you know, find a video. So um, the, I would go to the education stores and actually get those little workbooks for the summer and have them complete those, you know, that pen and paper. And when that went away and, you know, YouTube kind of took over and the internet kind of took over, like you said, it was very difficult to sort through correct information versus incorrect information. And so um, you being a part of this series to have a physical book with, with real facts, the actual facts and that you can trust from mm -hmm. experts is extremely beneficial for students, especially now, like you said, with the pandemic that has happened. Now I will say this and I have a question for you. Um, mm -hmm. I know back then with my older children, I would get the math book. <laughs> I would get the, you know, reading and writing book, but your book is on world history. So share mm -hmm. a little bit more about that. Um, how, what approach did you take to create this book for world history? Well, you know, I had to start the book by saying to the kids, no book is going to give you the whole history of the world. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. Right. And even if I did, it would still be from a point of view. And that's what, that's what you have to realize, that anything you read about history is written by a person. And they're automatically going to have a perspective on things. Absolutely. And I talk a lot about the traditional perspective, which is, um, you know, for lack of a better term, is kind of a white male perspective, right? That, that's who was writing history. Um, that's who was reading history. Those are the people who... Um, we're controlling what history was. Mm -hmm. And we've moved way beyond that. And I think um, one of the big goals of this book is to show kids how important that is to move beyond that narrative and to be able to look at 
at a wide ranging world. So yes, I know you used to get like the math workbooks and this and that, and you know, it's very cut and dried, like fill in the answer here. Exactly. I would say um, this book, it's clearly laid out, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's full of lots of illustrations and we've used charts and there's lots of white space, so it's not too dense for kids. But I didn't want to make, um, well, because it isn't, I didn't want to make history into a box and now write the answer here, right? right? It's more like, here's an interesting question mm-hmm. that comes out of this content. Mm-hmm. How can you think about this? Or yes. here's a line, or here's something you could compare. You know, do you think the Industrial Revolution was a positive thing for the world? Mm-hmm. Or was it not so good? Because look what we've got now. So like charts like that, that, that compare things, that gives kids to think for themselves about it is what was exciting to me in writing about world history. Yes, and I love that creativity that you shared, that you put into writing that book. And that's why I wanted to ask you that question, because it, mm-hmm. as you said, it does. It takes a, um, a very unique and different approach, you know, than the standard math or the standard um, reading book in order to create something for world history that's engaging, to, especially to that age demographic. So um, I actually have a copy of the book. I went through it. You did a wonderful job with it, um, showed it to my son. He loves it. So that's, <laughs> right. Right. that's great news. That's the whole right. point here. I'm yes. so happy. I'm happy yes. to hear that. Yes. So um, you did a wonderful job with it. And we Thank are talking, yeah, so we're talking about bridging that gap. And um, as you said, we've been talking about, you know, the books versus the the internet and everything. Um, Let us know or let parents know, because of course I know and you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but let other parents know who um, those parents who may just be, you know, go Google it or go to YouTube or here's a link. How does this series help to bridge that gap in the child's education? Bridge the gap between... um like um, using the internet or? Um, the, the, the learning loss for the, oh. um, during the pandemic, yes. Right. And then okay. especially yeah. with the summer coming up, we're gonna have that summer brain drain happening. So yeah. it could be really easy to, you know, to say, oh, we'll just go to YouTube. Um, how, right. how does this, you know, book, actual book series, this physical book series help to bridge the gap um, even better than, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> I got you because here's the thing like um for for years and years in grad school like this is before the pandemic like Mm -hmm. I was introduced to research that told us that um kids need to read a lot (laughs) they need to read for sustained periods of time they need to read at their level and they also need to read things they're very interested in and that they enjoy um and study after study shows that kids who read like outside of school um, are more successful going forward. It it predicts better standardized test results. If if that's your measure, it predicts um, lifelong learning habits. So um, I think that's just always going to be true for kids' brains. And in the digital age, like we do have these sound bites, right? Like, I don't know, TikTok is like a minute or something, or even a YouTube video is five minutes and there's like a million images every second so um you know you can see I'm not new to the game of education and I really think that time spent quietly at home if you will and hopefully in school as well with a book with zero distractions 
where kids can get lost in that reading, it's actually developing them in ways that um, the media does not. Yes. I mean, I, you know, I, I could cite some research, but it doesn't mean we're not, we need to utilize all that. It's part of our lives. There's a lot of good that can come from it. But I do think that um, kids' attention spans are suffering just because they're bombarded constantly. Yes. And we're all addicted to our phones. Yes. And that's a real challenge for parenting. Listen, I don't, I don't envy you. My girls are grown. And, <laughs> and, you know, they had a little bit of this. You say, I, I have a... Um, I have a 29-year-old, I have a 25-year-old. So they didn't have the same distractions. Exactly, exactly. So I guess, like, idealistically, I see this book and the whole series, like, Mm -hmm. on a physical bookshelf in a Mm -hmm. bedroom, where before they go to sleep at night, they can just flip through it and see what fascinates them and then dig a little bit deeper and then find themselves lost in the words and hear the book talking to them. And that's what we tried to do is really speak to kids in a voice that invites them and that makes them laugh and that, you know, is even the slightest bit hip so that they'll see that they are seen and that, that, that we want them to dive in and think about this because we believe in them and they're in charge of their own education. So that's really like the big hope of Mm -hmm. the series is to engage kids and make them want to like, kind of take charge of their own learning. It doesn't mean parents can't be part of that, but I don't see it as, all right, here's your book. You know, <laughs> go read this. You know, right. I know right. it's never worked for me. Not with the um, <laughs> so we want to, we want to pull them in. We want to invite them in a fun way. Yes. And, and you just sharing, you know, your, your personal experience of having a 29 and 25 year old um, is, perfect for you know just letting you know that yes you were the person to write this before parents like me who you know have that gap of because I have the 28 year old but I also have the 25 year old and as you say they're you know adults and they're grown and gone but then mm-hmm. I also have two still in the home you know and who are still oh, in school okay. so yeah. right and so I, I still have you know that the, the school age and um, a college student at home. So it's it's very different, as you said, and as you know, and went through it, it's a totally different world than, you know, when we were, you know, those those first time parents now coming around that second time, um, parents like me or moms like me who have that demographic going on in their lives, they need some assistance, you know, because yeah. as you said, that the, the media is saying, you know, go here, go, you know, online, 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 and they uh-huh. need that help because they're wondering, are, are my methods outdated from, you know, when I had my older children or, you know, do books not matter anymore or anything like that? <laughs> right, it, well, I know, so, wouldn't that be awful? If they didn't exactly, ex- yeah. exactly. So this oh, is... And the thing is, like, you know, parents weren't trained to be teachers. And that yes. was, you know, the, the really tragic thing about the pandemic is that now parents were faced with holding down a job from home, most of them, and then also teaching their kids, like, oh my oh, God, yeah. how is oh, anybody yeah. doing that? And yeah. I think you know, understandably, parents will try to teach their kids in the way that they were taught, which, you know, might have been okay, or it might not have been really so great, right? You know, so, so I think that with, with these books, I also had parents in mind, especially as I was writing during the pandemic, like, you know, parents don't study the common core standards, like, that's exactly. not how you spend your spare time, <laughs> you right. know, like, going to, like, teacher seminars or something. 
So these books really take into account what a good teacher would do. Yes, because that's uncharted territory. Yeah, because that's uncharted territory. Right, that's uncharted territory for a parent, you know, in that pandemic. They were lost. I mean, I know I was lost (laughs) because the last time I, as you said, you know, had to do something like that was decades ago. So, yes, that's, you know, this series definitely helps with that uncharted territory with parents that had to go through that, maybe are still going through that. Um, maybe because of the, you know, emotional changes and social changes their child went through, maybe they're mm-hmm. um, waiting homeschool versus, you know, um, mm-hmm. continuing them in mm-hmm. an actual, you know, brick and mortar building. So yes, this series is perfect for all of that. And we I greatly so. appreciate <laughs> it is, and, and we appreciate your input on it. Now, uh, with the series, because we know you have one book in the whole series, does the series have to be read all together, or can it be just read separately? No, I think, I mean, I think it's ideal to have all of the books, because middle school kids, one thing about them is they're very passionate, right? Um, yeah. Like, they, they get really into something, and then it changes, and then it's something yeah. else, and, you know, the best teachers capitalize on that. So having all of these subjects available is great. And I, I guess there might be some kids who read every single volume cover to cover, but I tend to doubt that. I mean, that's not how we generally read nonfiction, right? So I imagine kids sort of pulling out what they're on about at the moment. You know, maybe they're really into science this week and they turn to the chapter on photosynthesis because they're noticing plants or they're doing an experiment in their classroom. Or maybe they see a movie, you know, about Attila the Hun, you know, and they really get into that and they can turn to my chapter and learn a little bit more about him or what came before him and really understand that whole time period. There are kids who will geek out on that, but I... I imagine it being read that way, although I will say I, I would love for kids to read my first chapter because it really sets up like what history is and how important it is to understand that history is changing all the time. And as I yeah. said before, it's dependent on perspective yeah. and a real historian's job is to be inclusive and get down to the truth and expand what we know, especially about people who, who may have been marginalized. Like that's our job. So I'd love kids to read like certain parts of my book um, as, as kind of a frame of reference, mm-hmm. but by all means, they have to go with what they really love. Yes, I love That's that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Now I'm going, lastly, Elizabeth, I'm going into the summer, as we mentioned earlier, um, we have a lot happening in our world right now, and we have a lot happening with, you know, our children as well as our parents. What words of advice or um, inspiration would you like to give to not only parents who are still trying to navigate to help them, you know, kind of help their children this summer so they can go into the new year, you know, a little um, better off? But also, mm-hmm. to um, what advice or inspiration would you like to give to that middle grade, um, middle grade demographic going into the summer? Mm. Oh, wow. I mean, I think the pandemic has taken a toll on people's confidence. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I think um, it's important to realize what we have survived. Mm-hmm. and to congratulate ourselves and to support our children 
and to celebrate even the smallest success. I think that when we focus too much on the deficit, we all get scared. And, you know, fear is something that that holds kids back from learning. They, they need to be able to take risks. They need to be able to build on their strengths. So, I mean, it, it sounds corny, but a positive attitude is more important than ever. And I think in the summertime, it's still important to have fun. I think, I think we don't want to make learning a chore because life is hard enough right now. <laughs> um, so, you know, to me, learning is about curiosity, which is natural in kids. Every single kid is curious. And every single kid is gifted. And, it, and if we see each of our kids is gifted, whether they're own or our own children or teachers in classrooms, and you know, we, we meet each child where they are, and then we bring to them a summer of discovery, you know, whether it's this book series or just a casual trip to a museum or just being curious about why does the grass grow like that? Yeah. How come that plant is over like that? You know, just, just this basic wonder about life is what drives learning for me. And I think when we get too focused on, oh my gosh, we have to catch up. You're behind, you're going into middle school. Oh my God, read this book right now. I'm gonna quiz you. Um, I, I feel like that's an approach that we don't need right now because there's enough stress. So it's joy and learning and support and honoring what our kids bring to this world. It's always gonna be amazing. Always going to be amazing. It sure will. And that's wonderful yeah. advice. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that. And I yeah. want to let everyone know that you can get How to Survive Middle School World History. Um, that series, that book was written by Elizabeth B. And you can get the entire series, actually, everywhere books are sold right now. Um, you definitely want to get this before summer starts. Um, as our expert has said, give your children <laughs> that sense of discovery and wonder and learning as the summer goes on. And um, lastly, Elizabeth, tell us, where can people find you online and keep up with um, any new projects that you may be oh, doing? Well, that's so terrific. You know, I, I've been a little late to social media. <laughs> like I said, I have a kid who's 30. So um, I do have an Instagram account, Elizabeth okay. Lee. I'm getting it started. Okay. Um, I'm hoping to do some remote work with kids here from New York City with the okay. book, and I may have future projects. There's also an Instagram um, page at Random House Kids where they can okay. find out more about the series. So um, yeah, I'm I'm going to be making my entree into social media and hopefully meeting more and more kids because I totally believe in them. Yes, yes, I think they're going to benefit. Yeah, <laughs> they will. And they need that inspiration from you. And thank you yeah. so much for joining me today. Thank you for sharing everything oh. that you shared today. Thank you for your contribution um, to the How to Survive Middle School series. And we will be looking out for you on your social media Instagram account. We're going to put your link below and just okay. have a wonderful rest of the week. Have a wonderful summer as well. Thank you for all you do for our oh. kids. Terrific, Makiba. I really loved being here. Thank you. I like your t-shirt. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much.